What happens if a client comes to you with a website that you did not build and they need some help with it? That's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to see how we handle that and how we make sure we don't get stuck into any terrible situations in the process. So uh, before we dive into our topic, why don't we go around and introduce our panel? Sarah Oates, tell us who you are. Hey guys, I'm Sarah Oates and I'm from Endure Web Studios. So you can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. And I got myself a new mic stand in this new house. I've been very echoey. We're going to hope that I'm slowly fixing the issue week by week. Sounds great so far. Uh, Mr. Mike. Hello, uh, my name's Mike Devitt. I run a web design and maintenance company in the UK. WordPress web design, should I say. We create sites that are optimized for the search engines from small to large businesses, and we support those clients afterwards. You can find us at webdesignpro.co, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on the Divi Chat inspired Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. Oh my goodness. How about that? Quick question before you introduce yourself, Tim. Does anybody see us actually live on YouTube right now? Um, yeah, because I do not. Okay, yeah, good. I just got it set up. All right, good. Just double checking. Okay, now I just wanted to make sure you didn't waste your intro, Tim. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I think our uh, normal regulars uh, that join us live were surprised when we started only five minutes late instead of 10 or 15 minutes late. <laughs> It's so uh, good. Like, what? I thought I could make a coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here. I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. And you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials. And wpgears.com, where I have my uh, Divi Business Expert course. And uh, yeah. Oh, Nancy said, as long as we don't miss Tim defining something. <laughs> He's going to do it. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to wait, Stephanie, for you to do your intro. <laughs> I haven't got to define anything in a while. I'm just oh, saying. We've lost you. You're on mute. You're on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> you guys, come on. What is going on with me today? All right. So <laughs> I am Stephanie Hudson. Welcome, everyone. I run Focus WP, which is a white label agency. So we help. Uh, other agencies to scale and grow their business by offering them WordPress maintenance, development, and copywriting. We do all of those things for you. You just get to take the credit. You can check us out at focuswp.co and you can join me and Mike over in my Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, where we'd love to have you. We're so glad everybody is here today. This is uh, this is kind of an interesting topic. It's not... Um, it's not one that comes up every day, but it's probably one that almost all of us have run into. You know, not everybody needs a brand new site. Maybe they just have a site that needs uh, that needs some work on it. So wait a second. We've got to have Tim. What are, what are you going to do? You want to define what inherit to inherit a, a site? Yeah, I yeah. do actually. Dearly departed. Yeah. So for those that don't know, I am the resident definer. Now this topic doesn't really need defining, but I will kind of set it up a little bit because I think there's a few different scenarios where you potentially could inherit a, a website. So uh, basically all that means is it's a website that you did not build, but now you are getting tasked with taking over the management of the website or potentially a redesign of the website. And so uh, it's like 
putting on someone else's clothes, right? It's like, these aren't my pants. Like this feels weird. I didn't build this. Like <laughs> I didn't stretch these uh, legs out or whatever. Um, that's a really dumb analogy, but that's just what came <laughs> we could have plenty of those tonight, Tim. Stretch <laughs> yeah, these exactly. legs out. <laughs> I've got me, I've got my uh, one under the carpet of stuff you find under the carpet coming up. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm excited yeah, yeah. for that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like for example, uh, we've all been in that situation, uh, or at least all of us on this panel have been in the situation where someone comes to us and says, "My previous web designer." like went MIA or isn't responding or, or whatnot. Um, I hate to say it, but web developers, web people can be flakes uh, in a lot of cases. And so uh, those of us that are uh, responsible and uh, email our clients back and, and don't leave our clients hanging, um, a lot of times we're left with picking up the pieces from other people. And it's not necessarily, you know, things happen, life happens. Uh, someone who started out as a full-time freelancer gets a full-time job with a big company. So their focus changes and stuff. So things do happen. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most common scenario I would say uh, that I can think of. Another one that's kind of similar, which um, I'm sure my, my fellow panelists have experienced this too, where someone says, Hey, I started building my website with Divi and then I realize I'm in over my head. Can you take yeah. over? And so well, you're, the yeah. client is the previous designer. And so you kind of yeah, have to like, <laughs> yeah, it's really awkward, but it, it happens yeah. quite a bit. So, yeah. yeah. The other scenario that I've had a, actually a few times is um, local people who've gone to an agency, the agency has built their website and they weren't informed of the fact that they would have to go on a maintenance plan with that agency. And then the, the agency's maintenance plans are just well beyond their means. And the agency has custom built the website with WordPress. And so they can't update anything. They can't change anything. They don't know how to change wording. Like they're just completely chucked out on their butt as soon as it's built. So it's like this brand new website and they don't know how to use it. And like, they're just stuck. They don't have hosting. They don't know how to maintain it. They don't know how to look after it. They haven't been given any training. I've had that a few times and like, it surprises me, but it also makes me think this is kind of off topic, but maybe we need to be having those chats with clients before we start building a little bit more often about what happens once this site is built. Like, you know, making sure people are set up well to be able to do it themselves afterwards. If they're not planning on staying with you, you need to build it in a particular way that they can move on. And agencies don't seem to do that. And yeah, so that's another common scenario that I've had. Yeah, I think that's no, a pre-question. Yeah, it's a pre-question to ask your clients before, before you get started. What do you know? You know, what yeah. do you know about WordPress? What's your experience? Yeah. yeah. Now it, we it, have, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say maybe it's a little premature for that, but kind of on what uh, Sarah was talking about, something that I learned actually from David, and then we teach it to our students at Divi Business Expert, is you mention the uh, maintenance plan on the first call, and rather than making it an upsell towards the end, you mention at the beginning and say, hey, like, by the way, you need to have a professional maintain your website. Like, you know, whether it's, it's me or someone else, it doesn't have to be me, but I highly recommend you have a professional because things can go wrong. It's a lot of work. Um, this is, I guess, assuming that you know that they're not someone who has the technical expertise to manage it themselves. Um, and so you plant that seed early on. So they're like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. So when they get to that point, you've already built up all that trust. So of course 
they're going to go with you because they just trusted you enough to fork over, you know, a lot of money to build the website. Um, and by, uh, saying it doesn't have to be me, you're lowering those barriers. So they're not feeling like they're being sold to. And so it works wonders. So wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Speaking of doing maintenance, like we basically started a whole business taking over other people's websites. <laughs> so oh. with Focus WP, we, we white label maintenance. So you're I mean, always we... putting on someone else's pants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tim. <laughs> you get around, don't you? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> when, when we onboard a site, we have a series of steps that we go through to get it to a certain place, but I'm interested to hear you guys, like what you do, if you have someone come to you with a site, whether it's a developer or a client, do you have a set sort of thing that you do? Yep. Go for so it, Mike, tell us. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll be here for the next hour. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I think, I think. Oh, I think that's first... right. I saw your list. It's very yes. extensive. I forgot yes. about that. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I thought that we, it's, it's useful. Obviously they'll tell you the domain name you, 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 before you even speak to them and get access to the back end, which obviously you're going to need permission to, to go into the back end. You're going to need all of the rights to go into the back end, to be able to view um, everything that's sitting there, particularly if it's like a child theme and there's any uh, files sitting within there. Um, but firstly, um, start by viewing the front end in all modes. So get the domain name, find out what Google thinks of it, run a lighthouse audit through it, um, run your inspect tool through it, have a look before you um, get a, gain access to the back end. And I think there's two things you need. You need access to the server and you need access to the back end. If you can't get access to the server, then it's very, you can usually see quite a lot through site health in WordPress, um, which will give you um, quite a bit of information about some of the things that lay beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. <laughs> under the rug, if you will. Under the go. rug. Here we go. In your and, pants. <laughs> well, maybe not. So things like uh, the size of the actual installation where for example, you might see the uploads directory has got 10 gigs worth of media files in it and more. Um, and so your thoughts about even running a backup and which, which obviously you want to do before you even do anything with it, but um, perhaps moving the site um, to fiddle around with the site afterwards after you've perhaps gained access and, and the site's now yours, as opposed to this sort of um, first look at the site uh, and starting to go through it. So I think just to start off front end and record what you find, because that's your baseline. So if somebody comes back to you afterwards and they say, oh, you know, you, we gave you the site and there was, you know, uh, it used to work like this and, and all the rest of it. You've got a baseline. You've got that for you. say, well, actually, when I first looked at the site before I even got access to the back end, this is what we discovered. So you kind of, as you're going, you're recording what you're seeing, because if you don't, um, you'll just find yourself afterwards going, well, I've got to now go through all of that process again. So that's where we start. Um, and be careful if you run an external, external audit on the site. So perhaps using one of the um, 
uh, tools like Screaming Frog or a, a website auditor type tool, um, because you don't know if that site's going to be so sensitive and the server's going to be so sensitive that what you'll actually do, you either do one or two things. You'll either take the site down, because that, I've seen that happen, or um, the server itself will recognize that your IP address is um, hitting this website and it will block you. <laughs> you can't get on the wow, site. Wow, I've either. never had that happen. Yep, yep. Seen it. I've seen both of those scenarios, and it's a little bit embarrassing when you have to go and speak to the client and say, um, <laughs> yeah. "Speak to your server company because there's a bit of a problem with us gaining access." So, so your way around um, that, if you've got access to the website, is assuming they've got WordFence running, and WordFence is the thing that's causing the big issues. You can white label yourself your IP address in WordFence. So that's always a good first step is white label yourself just in case you really screw yeah. yourself up. Because uh, WordFence is great, but it can be pretty sensitive at times, especially if you've got your settings like turned right up. But how many times have you got access to a website and you've discovered they have no Yoast, they have no WordFence, they have no, like, no security, no caching, no, like that is my most common thing that I will come across, especially DIYers when they hand their website over to you and you're like, you don't have security, you don't have caching, you don't have backups, you don't have like, that is the most common thing that I would say I come across when I inherit a website from someone. That's interesting. I wonder if that's a, a, a just a, 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 bit of, a bit of luck or whatever. I get the complete opposite. I get people yeah. that have installed tons. And so- Like three of every kind and of plugin. iThemes and yeah, yeah. Like three caches. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah. They, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then they've all, oh, I've, I've optimized everything and everything's ticked. <laughs> so it's like yeah. nothing works. Um, uh, but the real, the, the real one to watch out for is the dreaded um, PHP. Your, your website is running on an out of date version of PHP. That's your first red flag before you do yeah. anything. Um, and, and 500 that, um, plugins and none of them are updated and WordPress is out of date and they can't update it because PHP is so old that it won't let them update. Yep. yep. That's it. <laughs> yep. You know, there's a problem when you log in and the WordPress admin is on the super old design. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 2012 or something crazy. And it's like, oh, wow. They're like really behind. <laughs> So I guess maybe we could even break this down a little further because, you know, Mike's list is extremely extensive and I could tell you my list for when we're going to run updates on a site, but maybe like it depends, right? Because what a lot of times, you know, you don't, for me, I don't feel like I necessarily need server access to take over a site. If I'm going to be doing some major development on it, I mean, I, we prefer and we ask for FTP information when we onboard a maintenance site. It is not required, but it's uh, nice to have. The reason we don't require it is because we would have less customers, honestly, because there's so many people, even developers that don't know how to access their FTP info. And we can run backups and restore backups as long as you don't get a white screen of death or a 503. As long as we stay connected to your website, we can, we can keep backing up and restoring it. But if something breaks the connection to the database, we, we can't do anything without. So what FTP happens if you get um, the dot maintenance file stuck? Do you just run a backup, like restore to a backup? Because I reckon that's the most common reason I actually need FTP access. Yeah. It's just those occasions where the dot maintenance gets stuck 
And the only way to fix it is to delete that file, but you can't delete that file from in WordPress as far as I'm aware, unless someone knows better than me. Are you talking about maintenance mode? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, which is that the dot maintenance file gets stuck. So when maintenance runs, the way WordPress works is it gets this file, the .maintenance.php or whatever it is, and moves it to like the main area. And so then it means that it's in maintenance mode. So people can't like be doing things at the same time as trying to update. And then once it finishes the update, it then puts it back to where, like it removes it from the main file. And therefore you can go back to the normal website. But occasionally, and I would say like semi-occasionally, like it happens enough that I would say, I want to know I can delete that file quickly because no one else will notice if I know it's stuck in that, I can quickly delete that and it's all good and it moves on. Um, but I don't know how you get rid of that without. I've files. never deleted that file. If we get stuck, oh, we have. just restore back. I've experienced, okay. I think yeah. once. Which was my question, right? Yeah. 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 So Only um, once. I've, I've, I've had it the way around that one is to install file manager mm. uh, on the WordPress okay. site. And then you great can plugin. get in. Yeah. So I um, lock all that stuff out a as a part yeah. of my security. And, and oh. that I do when I inherit a site is I don't maintain your site unless I host your site. Unless I have like two servers that I'm okay with that are not my servers. And so I, that's my really clear rule, which then means that I can completely control it. So I have a different like... I'm actually bringing them into my little world when they, when I inherit their site and therefore like, you know, I'm pretty strict with how things function, but um, yeah. So I don't usually need the FTP access cause I already have it. Cause I'm completely owning your website if I manage it, which is right. a little bit different. Which is, yeah, that's not our, our scenario. No. So the, the very first thing we do when somebody signs up is uh, we, we get their access, we log in, we store their, log in securely and we add them to our maintenance setup in manage WP and we run a backup first thing. That's it. That's it. Backup is run. And we don't do another thing until their kickoff call where we go through a checklist of the back end of the site. Now this is, this is different than taking over a site as a developer. This is just the care plan. So this other person is still doing whatever development or management of the site that is necessary. So it is, it's kind of a niche scenario. And so we run through and we have a basic list. I do these calls with people all the time. And it's basically like we run through themes, users and plugins. And we see like, and then we just make a a list. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to add these things. We're going to remove these things. Here's what you're going to do. Whatever we talked about, you know, and then then those things all happen and then we're off to the races. So, but it's, it is a different scenario than if they were like, Hey, I need you to add an e-commerce store to my website that doesn't have one at all. You would really want to check out a lot of different elements in those scenarios. And if you guys are into like the nitty gritty details of this, call up your pal Mike down here. Cause he has this spreadsheet that is like, Oh my gosh. It is so detailed. <laughs> it is super I, detailed. And I think it's different with with an e-commerce site as well. Um, sure. And it becomes so much longer to go through it all, especially if the site's theme's been written with um, WooCommerce template. So um, anybody that's been into the back end of WooCommerce and had a look at the status section and started scrolling through that to see 
um, if, if there are templates in there that need to be updated, if you update yeah. WooCommerce, you then have to update the templates as well. Um, yeah, and it's and pretty that, much any website that's been really custom coded, like yeah. as in if you're using WooCommerce and it was built a while ago, there's a good chance they have a lot of custom files. Or maybe like I inherited a site recently, it wasn't WooCommerce, but it was like an events thing. And they had so much custom stuff done in it that when we tried to update WordPress itself, it like killed all these files and everything died. So we could oh, not horrible. update WordPress oh, oh, oh. because there was so much custom in it that we ended yeah. up having to say to her, we will have to rebuild your whole website. There is no way around this because we can't update WordPress at the moment. So anything that, if you notice any weird custom files, which is where Mike's talking about, like if you can get access to the files, you can kind of see this doesn't, like that's not normal to have these files sitting on the root directory of WordPress, like knowing that stuff well enough or being able to look and see, do they have a child theme? That's a useful thing to know. And then looking in the child theme and seeing, are there like custom folders that say WooCommerce? There's a good like tip to think every time I update WooCommerce, I am going to have to redo those files and I need to know PHP well enough to catch what's new and what's old. Like you need to know. That's a really, really good tip, you guys. For those of you who are listening, if you inherit a WooCommerce site, do what Sarah just said. Because those yeah. are, we've, we've got a maintenance client right now and it's kind of like, not my problem a little bit. Because like, the, you know, I just said like, these need updated. Like they can, yeah. they can come sign up for hours and we can do it for them. But like, that's not included in maintenance. That's like kind of like the developer above and beyond. is yeah. take, has to take care of that. Like the agency owner has to take care of that. And it, he he's just like, he's out of his depth a bit he's like well what do i do what i'm like yeah you want to tell yeah. especially when you get one that's like negotiating not built very long ago we've yeah. got a few of those recently that like they're not built long ago they signed up for maintenance and we went through the back end of everything and we're just like it's mess. like it's really bad like who did yeah. this you know and then they're just like yeah you're either over well, budget or with your client or like all that stuff yeah it's so hard oh that's yeah, not a fun I, conversation to have. I mean, I think that just goes into what Mike and Sarah were saying is, is going through the site and evaluating like what's been done. Because if it's a simple site and ev everything is customized within the theme, say Divi, for example, mm -hmm. or it's a simple WooCommerce site and they're just having, you know, a couple of WooCommerce Out extensions. Of Great. Love it. Mm -hmm. But when you start getting into doing custom PHP templates, whether that's in WooCommerce or the child theme and stuff, it's like, mm -hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like a whole nother conversation because mm -hmm. we're not just talking about like updating plugins and stuff. Like we're talking about like doing what Sarah said and looking at the PHP files and figuring out it's like, that's <laughs> like, it gets to a point where it's like, we have to rebuild this. And I've had a client like that too, yeah. where it was so outdated, so old, where the original developer was clearly not a WordPress developer because rather like they didn't even use like WordPress for content. They custom coded the content of pages inside of the PHP template. Yeah. Like it made no what? sense whatsoever. Oh. I had never seen anything like it. And so it was like, we literally, we can't update because it won't just break the site, but like all of the content of the pages will, will go with it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So we had to rebuild. And so that was yeah. built by somebody who thinks they are an expert at website yeah. building. But I've been on the flip side of that where uh, 
I I had a a client that uh, I had built the website for, and there was it was a friend, and so I was I was maintaining it actually for free, and so he said, hey, so this other company we're doing like this thing for them, and so it, like basically it was almost like a political decision that like they needed to go and manage it. Uh, and so I was like, Hey, that's fine. So like they, they took it over and then they basically rebuilt the site using my, my design essentially, but with a different framework, I, it might've been Genesis. Yeah. I don't remember. And so it kind of just goes into the whole thing where like, when we take over a site, we want to use our own tools, right? It's like, yeah, even if something's not broken, if it's not in Divi, it's like, oh, I really want to rebuild it in Divi because it's like, <laughs> that's what I know how to use. And to be honest, I, like I know we don't say Elemental here, but unless it's in <laughs> Elemental or Divi, like I, there's a good chance that I'm going to suggest that maybe, and on occasion, like don't tell the clients this, but on occasion, I like I inherited one of those sites from an agency. It was fully custom coded, but it was super simple. Like the site was just ridiculously simple in terms of its layout. And I was thinking I can rebuild this whole site in Divi in four hours. And, and make your life so much easier need, going yeah. forward. <laughs> and I'm thinking he's going to say, hey, can you change this thing? Can you just move this element like, you know, wherever? Mm -hmm. And I knew I couldn't do it just with CSS. And I was like, for four hours? I'm just going to rebuild this thing. And so I just rebuilt it in Divi and he like, you know, it didn't matter to him. He didn't Doesn't care. Know, yeah. It was actually better on mobile because it was better optimized. You know, occasionally mm -hmm. it's easier for us moving forward to spend a little bit of time just to like convert it over to Divi on occasion. And most of the time I will not just do that for free, but occasionally I just know my life is going to be so much easier that I'm just going to, you know, do the thing. And that's one of those things where it's like, you just serve the client so well and he doesn't even know it. It's like, oh, yeah. if only he knew what I did well, for him I to did serve him. I did actually tell that client and he sold gin and he happened to just slip me a bottle oh, of gin. Nice. Oh, nice. Thank you, so which was nice. lovely. That's there a happy go. ending to that story. And Why don't we all have customers really like that? <laughs> oh, nice. Nigel in the chat says, cough, cough, WP Bakery. <laughs> if only Miro oh, were no. here. Oh, no. Uh, our pal Miro. There's Another Miro. one of our moderators, he's not on tonight, but he's listening oh. and he he has inherited, he is like the king of inheriting WP Bakery sites. Are they not <laughs> just the worst? <laughs> I the did worst. get one. Even, honestly, though, if you look at sites like that, I think it's an important thing to take into consideration. So I guess it, it depends. Like if you're just maintaining it, it's one thing. But if you are taking this site on as something that the client is going to say to you, hey, can you please make these changes or move this thing here or whatever, like I will just say no to clients because it is not worth the money for the pain that I'm going to have to go through. And so in that case, I will present them like you get the information and you present them with the opportunity of saying, look, we can rebuild it for this amount. And often I'll do it at a discounted rate of saying like, this is going to take 20 hours to rebuild. I'll charge you 12 hours worth of money for me to do that because I'm happy to take you on as a maintenance client, but we are going to need to rebuild it because it's just not going to work or you can go elsewhere. And for me, the times when I have taken it on and not done that, I regret it to the end of the earth. And I either end up like, you know, just rebuilding it and not charging them or else like firing them. And neither is a good situation. So I have learned that I'm much better to figure out what they're on and then present those options 
And I prefer to do it at a discounted rate right at the beginning rather than having to like live with the pain ongoing. So Sarah, how do you explain the reasons to them? How do you justify it to them? Because we know the reason, but like for them, it's a, it's, that's a tough conversation. Well, it's a thing of like, okay, are you like, do you literally never want any changes ever? Like if you literally are happy exactly the way it is with the content exactly where it is and we can just change out an image exactly where it is, if you are happy with that, that's fine. I'm happy to take it on with you understanding the risk that this is not a preferred thing. Like, is it theme? Is it a theme? A builder. It's not a preferred Mm -hmm. builder. And when we update there, maybe it's some issues and you are going to have to pay the cost of me hiring a developer to help with those issues if they come along. But if you are happy to have the content exactly where it is, that's fine. But if you think that we are going to need to make some changes at some point, add extra elements, add like some more images at different places, well, in that case, we are going to need to talk about that. Or you can choose to use another developer. That's fine. But I'm not the person to continue using this theme. I'm not the right fit for you. And that's okay. But if you want to work with me, this is what it means. It is okay. A a single use website. Yeah. It's like you build it once and no changes. Otherwise you have to rebuild Nothing it. Ever Just happens. throw it away. Just throw it away after <laughs> you're done away. with those pages. Our, we had our a, Scott here in the, the chat said, love the topic so appropriate for me right now. I just inherited a Divi site that was done old school and mm. the developer used his own CSS sheet. So the Divi tools are useless. It's like, oh, Scott. Yeah. Why, why I'm not sure Divi that's even that old point? school. That's just plain wrong. That's like, just that wrong. Just, yeah. That was just wrong from the beginning. In any school, that's, that's a fail. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, when you do that, right? Like essentially what you're doing is having a heavyweight theme for no reason. So the reason we use Divi is because, well, the reason I use Divi is because I want my clients to be able to update it in the future. And, you know, we can say we can do it all with CSS, but that doesn't actually give them the freedom for the reason that we're using that theme. Like it's just not, it's not helpful. I think there's some areas to use CSS, but if you're using CSS for absolutely everything on the website, when it is built into Divi and available, I don't think that helps the client in the end anyway. It's yeah, like going basically. over a number of a uh, number of hurdles, isn't it? When you when you first yeah. get the website and the first thing you're doing is you're logging when you log into it and you you you're looking around the room because we we often sort of talk they was what's it built with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Builtwith.com oh, no. is my first step. It's WP Bakery. You're <laughs> 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 just doing it in the background. We had one about a month ago and but the client absolutely loves it and they you know they they you know are we going to the back end and we do this and i make all these changes and then this was right in the between period between the version of wordpress that deprecated the jquery and we needed that you know jquery plugin to to help us through that that period but actually we've said this site you cannot upgrade you cannot touch it it's not going any further we are we've we've switched single use site yeah, it is. It is. It is exactly that. Um, but they're kind of we we haven't sort of managed to um, get onto the subject of moving that site forward yet. But it will not be built in WP Bakery going forward. Yeah, uh, John John Cooper that. says he's going to get an I Survive WP Bakery T-shirt, which will not make sense to anybody that you know. Besides, if we ever go back to WordCamps, you should definitely yeah. do that though, John. That would be good at a WordCamp for sure. 
<laughs> I think um, there is one issue that I think clients have often come across, which is maybe they have a developer and the developer says to them, so I inherited a site like this, the developer says to them, do not update anything. And so they don't. <laughs> and then they get hacked. What a surprise. Or their website gets to the point where they can't update it and they get hacked. So if they come to you and it can't be updated, the issue is if it hasn't been hacked yet, it's at a very high risk of being hacked. And I don't think clients ever really understand that fact that if you are running a really old version of WordPress, you're at risk. Like if you're not updating your plugins because you haven't paid for them or you don't have a current license, then you're at risk. Or if you're inheriting a site that has a bunch of plugins that was using the developer's licenses and they're not updating them like you're going to need to take that into account because if you can't update it you're at risk and i just that's another good point don't understand it at all both yeah. the themes and the plugins uh and the costs so when you're yeah. um, very often when sites are released the developers of if they're all with another company they've taken all their license keys off mm -hmm. and so if you don't have the license keys if you don't have uh, the professional versions of whatever they've bought, whether it's subscription, annual based or lifetime based, you're going to have to, um, well, the client's going to have to fund that, those licenses. But if you don't check it first and you say, oh yeah, we've got it, we, we'll sort this out for you. And then yeah. it's down to you. Sorry, Tim. Yeah, that's, oh, no, no, you're oh. good. I, I wanted to say, because I feel like what we're talking about here, uh, like WordPress haters might say, you know, or, or client might say, yeah, that's why I don't like WordPress because- yeah everything gets out of date and you have to, you know, pay an expensive developer to keep it up to date. And if you don't, it gets hacked or you have to pay all these license fees to continue uh, getting the, yeah. the paid upgrades and stuff, which is true. Like those are all true things. Um, but that's not like the fault of WordPress. The benefit of WordPress is that we get access to all of these software tools that developers have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on for yeah. like, sometimes for free, a lot of times for free or like, you know, pennies on the dollar type of thing. And so, yeah, there are some risks like getting hacked and there is yeah. costs like paying a developer, but the flip side is, it is having everything done from scratch and having uh, really, really expensive developers build it custom, yeah. which then you can't update it unless you keep paying them. So it's like, yeah, there are pros and cons, but like the pros far outweigh the cons when it comes to WordPress. Yeah, and I would say 99% of the people that come to me say, I need a new website. The most important thing is that I can update my own content without having to pay someone to be able to do that. That is like the first thing they say. And mostly it's because of a bad experience where they couldn't in the past. And so the reason we say WordPress is the option and the reason we say Divi is a fabulous um, way to go is so that you can update your content, you can change images, we can move things around. It is malleable. The downside to that is it needs to be kept updated. It needs to be looked after, but you're choosing that risk. You're choosing to have it fully custom coded and you can't do anything with it or you want that freedom. And with that comes this responsibility that that site needs to be looked after. You can pick. You know what, you know what else needs updated? An iPhone. You can get yeah. a landline. If you don't want to run updates. <laughs> That's true. Go yeah. For and it. so that to all of our, our uh, designers, developers, website admins that are hosting client sites, wh whatever you want to call it. Um, 
don't be a jerk. Don't lock your client in. Like yeah. don't, don't restrict them from the greatest benefit of WordPress, which is being able to update your content. So like what yeah. Scott Tambling was saying where uh, the previous developer did everything in custom CSS. So it basically <laughs> locked the client into going through them to be able to make updates or like my experience yeah. where this lawyer- I can't stop thinking about that. That hired me. <laughs> where he custom coded all the content into the PHP file. So the client, <laughs> so even if he had WP admin access, he couldn't even change content. Like, really? <laughs> you might as well just build it in HTML. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it it so is like how, how to make a website the hardest way possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. speaking of WP, one. oh, can I say one more thing about WP Bakery, Mike? Yes, or are you sure. still? Yes. So no, here's no, no. a situation that I have run into multiple times. And this is actually... Uh, also just happened this past week with a maintenance client. So he's got, so we, we evaluate premium plugins, themes, all that stuff too, to see like, let's make sure we have credentials and we have all this stuff. So um, can't remember the name of the theme. It was like a theme forest theme. One of those ones that has Mm. WP bakery baked in. So that, so the WP bakery on their site was what needed an update, just a minor one, but still it needed an update but you can't update it because the theme has to update it. Right. But if that theme gets abandoned, yeah, you're stuck. then it doesn't update. And it like I have tried and tried and tried to break that yeah. little cycle with other sites previously. And you you can't, like you can't. It's just the way the theme is built. And so yeah. that is a super difficult situation. And for me, it's like, well, Which is okay, the main so, reason you should never well, buy a theme like from one of those marketplaces because you are not guaranteed they are going to continue to support it. I know. And so it's really, uh, that's a really tough one too, you know, like, because nobody yeah. wants to hear like we have to rebuild your one-year-old site. <laughs> yeah, but on the upside, yeah. if you do have to rebuild a site that they love the look of, rebuilding something in Divi when you already have the design is actually fairly quick. And so being able to say to a client, look, I know you paid all this money for it. I do understand that, but we have the look of it. You're really happy with how it looks. We can rebuild that at a relatively affordable cost. Um, It might still hurt them, but knowing that therefore their website is going to be sustainable, you know, for the next however many years is usually something that they feel like, oh, this sucks, but okay. Like that's just the way it goes. And mostly clients are pretty open to it. If they're not, they're probably not a client you really want to work with because they're obviously going to it's not even that they're being it's not even that they're being jerks though. Like if I just paid somebody thousands yeah, yeah. of dollars to build me a website and but like within a year somebody else is saying like, oh no, they did that wrong. You gotta redo it. Like Yeah. Well, you've got to have a good reason, right? Like, yeah, for sure. But like, updated, it's just a hard reason. conversation is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure, and I sure. think if it's, it's one of those things, like the scenario where I was on the other end and my client had to have this other company maintain his site for them because of just this relationship they had going. Yeah. Where, and then they, I, I built it with Divi and it was on a child thing. Like I did everything right. Yeah. Like the client, they just didn't like Divi. They just didn't like Divi, so they rebuilt it with their own tools. It's like, okay, if you want to yeah. rebuild it for your own tools, then yeah, you're making the client pay for that. That sucks. Or what what yeah. Sarah did is she did it for her client basically for yeah. free because yeah. it was ended up going to save her time in the long run. But yeah, if yeah. it's something where like they did something so wrong and you can show the client like, I'm really sorry this happened, 
yeah, this is why I have to do this. And you can, you know, articulate that in a way that they can understand. It's still a crappy conversation, like Stephanie said, but yeah. at least, you know, it's not just because it's the tools you prefer type of thing. Yeah. Kylie Wallace uh, is being the Debbie Downer of the chat tonight. She says, how can you guarantee anything is going to stay updated forever? You cannot you is the answer to that question. But if you stick with the big guys, you know, yeah. I mean, the big builders that have huge followings and huge yeah. budgets and huge companies, you have a much better shot of There's always a risk that like Elliot themes or Elementor are going to go down. Sure, there's a risk, but the risk is so much lower than any other company because they're the big guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one Elliot of the other things has been around for what, 12 years time. now? Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. time. Divi's been around since I think the end of 2012. So yep. yeah, I mean, they've, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Even no. the fact that um, Elegant Themes focus their energy, they used to have multiple themes and they focus their energy on one, at being a builder really more than a theme. But the fact that they did that is part of the reason I have even more trust in them because they're not trying to keep 20 themes updated. They, I still would trust them if that's the way they were going. But the fact that they're just doing one means you're much more likely to be able to like trust that that's going to be okay moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the I other think- um, things to look for when you're looking at uh, a website is the contact forms. And it's really mm-hmm. easy to think, oh, yeah, I'll just have a contact form on there. And then as you start to look through the website, you start to see all this conditional logic. Um, and if you're going to rebuild that site and you've got to rebuild that logic based on perhaps the fact that the contact form plugin is not a very good plugin and you've got your choice of plugin and you've got to rebuild that logic, that's going to take you a long time to build. So have a good look through those as well. Or just even if you're inheriting it and it's kind of already built in like with a form, are you happy to continue using that form? Like, yeah. do you feel like that's a trustworthy plugin to have mm-hmm. on a website that you're maintaining? So in my scenario where I'm bringing someone into my own server, I'm going to assess all of the plugins that they have. And I actually have two servers. I have one server that's like, I built it, I know everything is on it or I've brought them in and I really trust what's on it. And then I have this other server that's like, a little bit more like shared hosting where it's kind of like these are the ones and they've got some dodgy plugins and I don't really love it, but I'll still look after it still within a VPS, but they're all kind of together. (laughs) So I think that's um, it's an important one to think about because forms are a really big risk to a website. And so if they've used some little unknown weird form plugin, firstly, you don't know how to use it and you've got to (laughs) learn how to use it. And secondly, um, it, it may not be a very good secure plugin and forms are a very like that's yeah. a big way that someone can get hacked. So you want to know that it's one that you're going to feel comfortable having and, around other sites. Yeah. yeah. And is that form, is that form linked? Is it got like an external link to um, say a Zoho CMS or something then it, and there, oh, yeah. and the client has got um, some, some data that they're pulling through from there. So many contact forms are really easy to slip up on and um afterwards if you've recreated the site for whatever reason you didn't do that and they say oh we had this where all our data would would come into soho cms and and uh, every form that was completed came through via that and then you're like okay but i got rid of that plugin and i'm using a different (laughs) plugin now you've then got to rebuild the whole thing and the other really um important one is 
is if the site is ranking. If that site is ranking, we again, you've probably mm. met clients that said, oh, we got somebody to re- rebuild our site and our SEO, as they call it, disappeared overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really need to look at the structure of the site, the permalinks, um, alt tags on images. Does, does it have structured data um, on, that, on the website as well? Um, and have, does it have a 301? Does it have 301 redirects that have been done on the server and then you've just deleted the .ht access file that had all of those in there as well. And it's really easy to slip up on. And it's, it's the fine tooth comb with everything on a website. Click on everything. Have a look. Well, step yeah. one is back everything up. <laughs> yes. I, I had a, a pretty big client. I, I just built it. Uh, I, I wasn't the one who designed it. It was designed in Photoshop and everything. And so I built it in Divi and it was a redesign and I, I built it the way I, I was supposed to. I, I, we launched the site, everything was great. And then all of a sudden the client freaked out because their rankings tanked because their, uh, their old website, all the pages were .html and stuff. And so the new website yeah, right. on WordPress oh. was um, not only not .html, but also all the pages were different. And so yeah. um, I just built the website. I did what I was supposed to do. No one <laughs> even told me that there was a SEO, there was SEO rankings to be maintained. I didn't even know they, yeah. they were ranking for anything. Um, and so, and apparently the SEO company, cause they had the third party SEO company involved that was on them, but they were mad because they didn't get the, the, they, they put in a bid to do the redesign and, and rebuild of the site and they didn't get it. So they were pissed. So they basically let it happen. And, and then they tried That's to blame terrible. me saying that, oh, that's the developer's responsibility to do the redirects. I'm like, yeah, if I knew there was something to redirect, like, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But to Mike's point, though, like, uh, I mean, that wasn't inheriting a site, but still it was yeah, like, yeah. I could have been more proactive and, and think, okay, well, yeah. I'm launching a new site, a redesign, like, is there it's stuff I need to be concerned with? Yeah. And we all learn these things through mistakes, like, you know, the amount of mistakes, you only make those mistakes once, like, and then Hopefully. you learn moving forward, just like if you inherit a site and you think, oh, it's all going to be fine and you just put them on a normal kind of maintenance plan and then you get in the back end and you realise there's all this custom stuff that's going to cause issues every time there's an update. Like you're going to learn that lesson once and then next time you're going to check and then you're going to go, oh, I'd love to take it on, but the maintenance plan is going to be this much because you have all of this custom stuff or else I'm going to put you on the base plan. But every time there's a big update and I need to custom do this, you're going to get charged for that time. So, you know, being able to say that up front, you learn the lesson hard the first time. And the next time you remember, oh, I should negotiate this before we start because it hurts too much when I don't. Yeah. It's self-preservation at the end of the day, um, yeah. both from the, the, the loss of time and the loss of revenue to your business. It's like when you see that theme uh, and we had that kind of, hero moment where we think oh i can fix this i can do this let me let me have a quick look yeah i'll have a look at that for you and then your your shoulders start to sag as you think no it's gonna get 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 out there's a little voice in the back of it back (laughs) of you saying get out (laughs) don't do it don't do it rebuild it rebuild it you're gonna be all right if you rebuild it because you'd like to save it you'd like to save the ship (laughs) that's going down Well, it's hard to say no to people. Like when someone calls you and especially if they've been referred to you and 
like I, my, the hosting company I work with, sometimes they refer people to me, which is lovely and great. But I had someone last week that was referred to me and I said, oh, let me take a look in the back end of the website and I'll let you know, like either way, if I'm the right fit for you or if I'm not. And when I looked in the back end, they needed heaps of custom PHP support and I'm not the right fit for that. Now, it was very tempting to say, no worries, I can help you and then like outsource it. But I know from previous experience, I don't want to do that kind of work. And maybe that's for other people. But for me, I don't want to wear the risk of having outsourced that PHP work that I do not know what was done. Like I can't, I can't understand it. Yes, I could take it on. Yes, I could make some money from it. Yes, I could make her happy because you know, I was a really good fit. Yes, my hosting company is going to be happy because they referred me and I did a really good job. But it was right to say no, because that's not the kind of work I want to do. And it was going to be a really horrible experience. And she was probably going to get really pissed off about it. So that's the point to assess it and work out, am I the right fit? Do I want to work, do this work? Is this the right fit for my business or for me as a freelancer? And if the answer is no, as painful as it is to have to say, I'm really sorry, but I'm not the right fit for this job, everybody wins when you are able to accurately assess if you are the right person or not. And they prefer to hear it up front and just find someone else. Yeah, I think so. So guys, we have only about five minutes uh, or so left here. So we've talked about the outcomes once we evaluate things that we we can take it on. We can take it on and recommend a rebuild or a fix, or we can say, this isn't right for me. So those are our three possible scenarios after we've evaluated a site. I thought maybe just quickly we have, I feel like we've bounced around a good bit. I thought maybe just quickly for our, our, to wrap up this episode, could we talk a little bit about the specific order of things? Mike kind of started talking about it, but we've talked about looking at their server, logging in, uh, you know, there's always like things like you can just start with going to builtwith.com or checking out who they're registered. You know, like there's so many things. Where do you guys start? Like what's the order that you go through just generally, you know, not, I don't mean like every little step you take, but like, how do you approach it when you, when you do have a site that you may be considering taking on? anyone mike knows come on mike <laughs> well i'd like i said at the beginning i think it, it, it for me i always start with the the front end and then once i've got access to the back end i just literally go through it, it's, it's just a methodical go through absolutely everything i usually start by looking at the theme and i think just simply because then i know what i'm dealing with and whether i'm dealing with something that is more familiar to me um mm-hmm. whether that may be you know if, if you know we have a nice chair if it's divvy um, um and if it's any of the others then we we think okay let's have a you know we're gonna have to have a real good look under uh, perhaps they've used um short code plug uh, short, you know some of the um yeah. modules with um uh, custom code that sit within a module um and so you've, you, you, you're, you're going to come across that through the website as well. So I think the theme is where it starts for me. And then I look at the plugins and look at the extent of the updates. So I think to get a broad look to start off with is that. And then I look at how many pages, how many posts and not forget categories as well, because mm-hmm. um, especially if you're dealing with WooCommerce, um, and you and you might be dealing with uh, filtering categories within filtering and at some sites use that archive 
um, to actually display their archive in a certain way. So you're actually going to have to recreate perhaps some of the archive pages. So um, I think to start off with themes, plugins, and if it's WooCommerce, very much checking all of those things. Just to chuck in there, when you're looking at the theme, it's also worth going into the back end of a page just to work out, like, because it might be they've used, like, Divi, for example, but then when you go into the back end of the page, they're not actually using Divi properly, like, you know, all the custom CSS stuff, or maybe they're using custom post types instead of, because it was built before Divi had some of the functionality that it now has, or you know, just kind of having a little look in terms of the back end of a page and thinking, okay, if they asked me to make some changes to this page, how simple is that going to be? Is that something that I feel really confident that I can do? And it's not that that then means no, if it's going to be hard, it's just you assessing and making sure you know, well, how would I go about it? Am I feeling confident about that? Can I just upskill so that I can work out how to do it? Or is this something that's a little bit beyond me and I'm going to make everybody really unhappy in the process? Scott says, Sarah Oates, nice to be able to say no these days, eh? And that is... Uh, it's a very good is, point. That is... But- a th- I was thinking of that earlier a little bit. Like, probably a lot of those messes that we've gotten ourselves into are because we were really hungry like we we needed the work and so that that is, is a tough enough, one but if it's and it is skill level you are either going to have to learn how to upskill to be able to deal with the thing that you don't have the skill for or you are going to have to outsource it and wear that risk that you don't know what someone else is doing um, like if you can't read php and you can't write php and you outsource that work you are risking the fact that someone might write it in a really dodgy way that puts that whole website at risk and if you're okay with that, like go for it. I get that there are times where we just have to take on whatever work we can, mm-hmm. but equally, I think you need to make that choice knowing that it could give you a really bad reputation. If you take on a site that is beyond your skill level, you do a really bad job of it, you make the client really unhappy or their site gets hacked because you didn't know what you were doing, well, that could hurt your business more than the money gained you at that point. And I get that that's really hard early on and maybe you just have to take that risk. Um, And yes, I am in an unfortunate position because I've worked my ass off, but equally like, you know, there are choices to be made and you need to weigh up the risk every time you take on a client. That's a choice that you have to make and that can be a really tricky one and it can hurt saying no, like it really can. But I also know it can hurt far more saying yes occasionally. So you, you can only learn that through time and, and experience. And, and you're right, Google's not always your friend either because you may Google up Google a, a solution to something and actually the solution is maybe about three to four years old and it's full of code mm-hmm. that's been deprecated as well. Yeah. So you think, oh, this is it. I've found the solution to help me. You know, sure, I'll take it on. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> it. And actually, um, as soon as you apply it and there's an upgrade, that custom code no longer works. And I think really understanding the customization um, and if it does have a child theme and they have been responsible, and, uh, but there's a lot of say PHP within that child theme, it's, it's really going through that um, and checking that that is, that is going to, you're going to be able to upgrade it. I think, uh, I think you guys did were awesome tonight. You really covered this super thoroughly. If uh, anybody listening or watching has any more questions or scenarios you'd love to get our opinion on, please leave us a comment. Uh, and if you would be so kind, we would love to get a review. 
or a thumbs up at least on uh, the, the video or the audio, wherever you're listening, you can al- always go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat to show us a little love. It'll pop up uh, the options that you have installed on your phone already where you can leave a review. So uh, does anybody have any final thoughts they'd like to throw in there or are you guys good? Tim, what are you smirking about there? Are you laughing at I the was, chat? <laughs> it's childish, but you said uh, scenario. Oh yeah. I said scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, money, money. <laughs> I was just giggling to myself. I wasn't planning I on it. sharing it with the group, but <laughs> you, <called> me out. <laughs> you, you didn't want to share the scenario. <laughs> exactly. I realize I my final thought is: I think it is worth. Um, not ratting out the old developer to the client, like, oh, like for example, one. in Tim's example, like, I think we're all a bit nervous that if we handed a website over to another developer, that they would look at our stuff and go, "Oh my gosh, why did they do that this way?" Or they look at our CSS and think, "Oh, that's so crap." Or whatever it is or what plugins we chose, we all have our preferences. And I think there's something about um, being the big person and being like, obviously you have to say if something needs to change, you need to say it, but you don't need to be horrible to the previous person or you don't need to kind of, I think it can be easy just to blame the previous person and say, well, they just did it the wrong way and, you know, boo-hoo for you. But if there is a way that you can possibly say it in a way that doesn't just slam the old people, I think it's worth thinking that one day it might be you and it would be really nice if the other person wasn't just horrible to you equally. So I know that's tricky and it's especially much easier to blame someone else for something than to take something on yourself, but um, if possible. Great advice, No, I I love that. That's uh, excellent advice. I think uh, maybe... maybe easier said than done, but, uh, if you stick to the facts rather than saying like, Oh, they did it this way and it's the wrong way. But if you say like the PHP templates here are out of date and in order to, you know, and just kind of focus on, on what's true and not necessarily your opinion on what's the better or wrong way, but like, this is the way it is. And the the client can perceive that as like, Oh, the old guy did it wrong (laughs) or they might not. Perfect. And not slamming stuff you don't need to. Like if you look yeah. at their CSS and it's a mess, just keep that to yourself. Like kind of go, okay, well, you know, that's a bit messy, but I've definitely been known to just chuck some CSS in the Divi theme option at the top instead of in the correct location or, you know, like we've all been lazy at times. And I think there's something about, you know, recognizing that in some ways we're all in this together, <laughs> even yeah. though we're working, um, I guess, in opposition to each other as well. Yes, I think this is all great, guys. Thanks. I hope this help was helpful to everyone who's listening, because Lord knows if you haven't had this happen to you yet, you will at some point. So um, thanks so much for listening or watching. And uh, we would love to have you in the live chat if you've never been before. It's a good time. We have a lot of side banter going on all, every single week. And uh, I guess that's it for us today. We'll see you guys all next week. Take care.